Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hi, and welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne. Today, we're announcing the winner of the giveaway for Taylor Phillips' book, Training Ground from Anointing to Appointing. So make sure you pop over to Instagram or Facebook to see if you're the winner. If you are the winner, I'm going to be emailing you to get your address so I can send you the book. Go ahead and go over there to congratulate the winner and make sure you're sharing about Soul Grit Podcast on your social media so other people can hear about it. I'm also still really thankful for ratings and reviews, even if we've passed the deadline for the giveaway. Really appreciate you doing that so other people can find the podcast more easily. And with that, let's get into today's topic, which is my personal experience with medication. Now, when I first posted about this on the Soul Grit blog back in February of 2021, I got more comments about this particular post than any other blog I ever wrote. So I'm hoping that it also has a really good response here on the podcast and that we're able to interact a bit with it. Now, of course, in the pandemic era, the things in in mental health change really quickly. You may be coping really well one minute and not so well another minute. And so having an open mind about medication is a really good idea. If you're looking for just some more basic information about how Christians can view medication, make sure you listen to last week's episode. That would be episode 36, I believe. And it talks about how how to understand psych meds and how we can consider them, whether the Holy Spirit wants us to take them or not, and how that might benefit us in therapy. So make sure you go back and listen to that one. And then today we'll be talking about my own experience. Therapy is one of the many tools in the arsenal we have to fight depression, anxiety, and other psychological disorders. But And if you followed along with me for any time, you may have seen that it's not the first line of defense. I believe in creating a personal foundation that includes physical, mental, social, and spiritual aspects. And that's why I started out the podcast for 2022 talking about these things. A therapist can help you get into those into place. For those of you who have tried to make this work, added therapy and are still suffering, it's usually time for medication. So again, I want you to consider if you're sleeping well, if you're getting exercise, if you're eating good food, if you have social support and your relationship with God is on track, that's a great foundation. And then if things still aren't getting better once you've had therapy, added therapy, then there's probably something biological going on that medication could help with. Another way to look at that is if you are struggling so much that you can't get those foundational pieces in place, then it may be a biological thing that medication could help to get those on track. 
That means that you would take medication for a time to get things on track and you wouldn't have to take it forever. Just want to keep those things in consideration. Last week, I explained how and why a Christian might use medication for mental health concerns, but this week I'm going to pull back the curtain on my own experience with medication. Let's talk about the early days. Most therapists have their own history with counseling, which sparked the desire to help in this way. My first counseling experience occurred in my senior year of high school. My therapist, physician, and parents agreed that therapy combined with a low dose of an SSRI antidepressant would help curb the depression that was marking the last months of high school for me. I don't remember thinking much about it. I was the first person in my family to go to therapy or to take medication, but they seemed confident. After graduation and moving to Stanford, I didn't have therapy anymore, and I didn't seem to need the meds anymore either. Freshman year was full. I had new friends and a busy academic life. I took trips on the weekends to San Francisco and Monterey and loved almost every minute of that year. When I returned home the next summer carrying my freshman 15 pounds and, and feeling lonely for my friends, the depression returned. I remember crying a lot that summer. And college was like that for me. Sometimes I needed help keeping my mood out of the toilet, and other times I was just fine. At times I took the SSRI for six months or so, and other times it was okay not to take it. A couple of times here I've mentioned the term SSRI. That stands for Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitor. That's a big mouthful. I'll explain more about how that works and what it is in another podcast episode. Then came major depression. Major depressive disorder is the name that is given to clinical depression, whether it feels major or minor. Before February of 2004, I would say my major depressive disorder was very minor. That month, one month after my wedding, is when it really turned major. I had all the classic symptoms, lots of crying, sleep disturbance, brain fog, feelings of hopelessness and worthlessness, loss of motivation, weight gain. I found a new doctor in a new city and explained that I had responded well to meds in the past. My doctor quickly wrote a new prescription for the same medication. It took some months of therapy in addition to my medication, but slowly I came back from the pit of despair. What I learned during this time is that I typically have a response to major transitions that includes a depressive episode. It made me wary of future transitions. I became vigilant about my mental health around these times. In the following years, I worked through various doses of the same medication, continually trying to achieve the maximum benefit with the smallest dose. I also visited a string of therapists who both helped me carve my future path as a therapist and address different issues that came up for me emotionally. When I became pregnant with my first child, one of my biggest concerns was whether I could stay on medication. I consulted with my OB, and she reassured me, a depressed mother is far more dangerous than a medicated mother, she said. Just to play it safe, we lowered my dose. The lower dose continued to be just fine after birth. A few years later, another baby came along, and I was confident that I could stay at that same dose, and my doctors were fine with it. When my third pregnancy came, I had a new doctor who had less experience with maternal mental health. 
She wanted me to have additional ultrasounds and to see a specialist who could do it, an in utero echocardiogram to ensure that my baby's heart was developing properly. The specialist was surprised to see me. She realized that my depressive symptoms were not diminishing my functioning right now and that my antidepressant was a very small dose. The baby was fine, of course. The extra trips to the specialist probably created more anxiety than was necessary. I don't know if it was because of my medication or my therapy skills or my excellent support network, but I never struggled with postpartum depression or anxiety. Thank God. Becoming a mother was hard enough without that. Sleeplessness, fussy babies, and unproductive, painful nursing was enough. If anyone tells you having a baby is not that bad, they're either lying or they received a special dispensation of God's grace that I did not receive. He gave me enough grace to get through, just not enough to think it was easy. Since my youngest is now six years old, I'm removed from those early days of nursing and sleeplessness. My course of depression is about the same. Every six months or so, I have a low period. I see a therapist for a handful of sessions to start feeling more like myself. I continue on the lowest dose of medication possible, but I don't go off it. As I've come into my own a bit more, I've learned things about myself and my body that help me manage my depression. I've learned that regular exercise is really helpful, even if it doesn't change my pants size. I go to bed and wake up at regular times and prioritize sleep for myself and my family. After Christmas and my birthday, I know that I might have an episode of depression. It's not the letdown or getting older. It's all the sugar I ate. It wreaks havoc on my mood. And I make time with God a daily priority, and I see my friends and family as much as I can. Now, I have to give a little update, too, about halfway through our pandemic time, so about a year ago now, I did notice that I was struggling more with depression and um, regulating my emotions. And I think a lot of it had to do with my church hurt, which you can um, hear about in previous episodes of the podcast. What I was trying to do at that time was still to remain on that lowest dose. But in talking to some of my good friends, some of whom are therapists, (laughs) I got the question, Anne, why are you trying to do it that way? Why are you making it harder for yourself? If you need the dose, you need the dose. So I did up my low dose of SSRI just a little bit, and it's still in the moderate range, but it did help me just to get over that hump for a while when I was feeling um, just, I was struggling more with uh, pandemic and with church and all the transitions that we were in. So here are some of my takeaways. I feel fortunate that the first medication that my pediatrician tried when I was only 18 is still working for me now. Any side effects have been manageable by now are just part of my life. I I couldn't even tell you what they are. I know many people have to try several medications to find one that works and doesn't bother their systems. Some people argue that they don't want to take medication because it makes them feel numb. They worry that they won't feel real emotions or ups and downs. Let me tell you, I feel ups and downs. If you are someone who has experienced depression or anxiety, you know that sometimes life's emotions are just too extreme. For me, my highs are kind of medium and my lows are really low. Medication helps me get to the average range of emotions instead of everything being lower. 
And is there a time when I will go off medication? I honestly don't know. I might be able to now. Only God knows. I'm turning 40 next month, so I know menopause will be right around the corner in no time. And I'm okay if I never go off medication or if I need to make adjustments. I've had many opportunities to appreciate my own struggle with depression and my choice to medicate. My clients know I'm for real and that I get it. As a Christian, I have the opportunity both to trust God to get me through and to appreciate the common grace of medical science. So what's been your experience with medication? Do you know someone who might be struggling with a decision about medication? I hope you'll share this podcast episode to encourage them, and I'd love for you to interact with me on social media about this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here with me today on the Soul Grit Podcast. I just wanted to give you a reminder that you can sign up to receive weekly emails from me by going to soulgritresources.com. I promise not to spam you, and I also promise to make you aware of valuable new resources such as podcast episodes, blogs, and more. Let's be friends! The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.